Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hey yo, it's the week one preview and picks episode of the college football season. First full weekend slate that we're going to have for college football this year. Um, got a couple pieces of news to go over and then I'll go over the however many few games we had in week zero and then um, go over the AP top 25 games and then other notable games for me. Um, since it's early on in the season, the teams don't always face the stiffest of competition, so I don't have as many notes on every single game as I normally would throughout the year, but still like little nuggets as to why the game should be exciting or what to look out for in the game. So, a um, couple pieces of news. Arizona State announced that they would be self-imposing a bowl ban this season due to infractions committed by previous head coach Herm Edwards during the COVID dead period for recruiting, which me personally thinking doesn't really make a difference because I had them missing the bowl game anyways going something like 4-8. and eight. But if they insist to get this over with, they win. Um, but yeah, very upsetting for the players not even getting the chance to go bowling. Uh, the coach in his first year, even if he wins 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games, um, still not getting to show it. So that's kind of upsetting for them, but also to be expected when the investigation result could be much worse than that if the NCAA goes through the whole thing. Also, Jim Harbaugh will be serving a self-imposed three-game suspension from the University of Michigan following um, the investigation into his recruiting infractions during the COVID dead period. Hopefully, they won't miss him when they play East Carolina, UNLV, or Bowling Green. That's all I have to say. Um, Arizona State's infractions basically were um, kids coming on campus when no contact was allowed, not wearing masks during meetings during the pandemic, things like that. Jim Harbaugh's infractions were uh, meeting the kids at a burger joint off of campus and um, tipping the server, basically, is what the story is right now. So, anyways, so the games that we played in week zero last weekend, number 13, Notre Dame defeated Navy 42-3 to in Ireland. First, uh, first time quarterback is wrong. Uh, new transfer quarterback, Sam Hartman. Threw for 251 yards and four touchdowns. Running back Audric Estime had 95 yards and a touchdown in that game. Uh, Jacksonville State defeated UTEP in their first game as an FBS team. The score of 17-14. I, along with some others, thought that UTEP lost that game more than Jacksonville State won it. But nevertheless, Jacksonville State gets the first win in their first game as an FBS school. Uh, UMass defeated New Mexico State 41-30. to Way more scoring than I think everyone expected in the game between those two. San Diego State defeated Ohio 20-13. Curtis Rourke, Ohio's star quarterback, left the game with an injury early. It's C.J. Harris, the backup, replacing him. Harris went for 203 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. If Harris hadn't had the three interceptions and gone something like 18-41 passing, uh, Ohio likely wins this game by a score, I would have to say. Louisiana Tech defeated Florida International, the airport, 22-17. Florida International threw for a total of four yards and one interception through the air. Running back Shamari Lawrence had 139 yards and a touchdown. Hank Bachmeyer, the Louisiana Tech quarterback, had 333 yards. Way too many threes there for me to comprehend. 
one touchdown and one interception. Smoke Harris, one of the Louisiana Tech receivers, had 11 receptions for 155 yards and a touchdown. Then we got number six USC defeating San Jose State 56-28. Uh, reigning Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams had 278 yards through the air and four touchdowns. Final game on the Week Zero slate was Vanderbilt defeating Hawaii 35 to 28. Braden Schrager, Hawaii's quarterback, went for 351 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. AJ Swan, Vanderbilt's quarterback, threw for 258 yards and three touchdowns in that game. Not at all what you'd have expected from Vanderbilt and Hawaii even a year ago, I don't think. So now we'll get to week one. I'll start with the AP top 25 games and then afterwards any other games that have some storyline to them. Um, just some other notable games. So starting tonight, August 31st, which by the way, I like having these out on Tuesday night. My dumb self thought that the AP released another poll after week zero. They don't. So um, yeah, this is late because of that. But I usually like getting these out on Tuesday night or Tuesday morning. So, sorry that this is so dang late, but tonight, Florida at number 14, Utah, the line has moved from, at one point, being like 8.5 down to 4.5. Main question being, will Cam Rising play? Utah's star quarterback suffered a torn ACL in the Rose Bowl in January. Um, He's been at practice. Um, He's slated to be QB1 on their depth chart, but no one knows if he's actually going to play in their first game of the season. We'll also have to be looking how uh, Florida's offense looks with the big names on the offensive line gone, like Osiris Torrance going to the NFL and getting drafted, others transferring out of the program entirely, and Graham Mertz is now a quarterback, not exactly known to be um, precision pocket passer or on-the-run mobile QB. So very interesting to see how Florida's offense goes, and does the home field advantage matter if Utah's offense can't function without rising? If this team's not scoring points and not keeping the energy up when they're on the field on offense, does the home field advantage matter when they're on defense as much? Just a few things I'll be looking out for in that one. Then we got Saturday, September 2nd, Virginia versus number 12 Tennessee with the Volunteers being a 28-point favorite. Uh, neutral site game here at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Virginia is going to be terrible this season, and Tennessee hopes to be a college football playoff contender. I'm not really sold on the fact that this spread is big enough. Remember what Tennessee did in their last regular season game last season, um, playing Vanderbilt. They won 56-0. to I think Virginia is worse, and Tennessee only really from that team lost Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. So... Put that into perspective for you, 28 might be a bargain. East Carolina at number two, Michigan, is the next one up. The Wolverines, 36-point favorites. Michigan probably ought to win this one by 40. The defense should stop ECU at every chance, and ECU's offense should be, or the Michigan offense, wow, uh, should cut through the Pirate defense whenever it wants. Um, The physicality on both lines of scrimmage for Michigan are probably going to be too much for an AAC school to handle, never mind an AAC school that lost most of their best players to the transfer portal or graduation at the end of last season. Colorado at number 17, TCU, who is a 
20 and a half point favorite, the Horned Frogs. This is probably the most hyped matchup in week one. It's Coach Prime's first game in charge of a Power 5 program. Um, so all of the hype that comes with Deion Sanders, the transfers he brought in, the electricity of the program, everything all at once. And they're playing TCU in their second year, bringing in loads of transfers to help be competitive immediately. Uh, Sonny Dykes bringing in as much talent as fast as he can. And the team coming off of losing in the national championship game. This game is going to be like really key to finding out who these teams are going to be this season. And maybe not because they're matched up with each other and neither knows what they're going to be this season. But still going to be a game that I bet everyone listening to this is going to be watching. Next, Arkansas State at number 20, Oklahoma. The Sooners, 35.5 point favorites. Arkansas State is projected to be bad by everyone this year. And Oklahoma has to make up for the 6-6 six and six disappointment last season. So this one probably is not going to be anything even remotely close. Next up, Utah State at number 25, Iowa. 23.5 points is the spread for the Hawkeyes. 25 points per game is the goal, or else Iowa loses offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz. The new contract stipulation put in over the offseason. This team probably ought to run the score up against these so-called easy opponents on their schedule, even though Utah State usually has a good defense and terrible offense. This might be a low-scoring one. Just throwing that out there. Mercer at number 22, Ole Miss is the next one. There's no spread for this game, but you know the Rebels are going to be favored by a 35-plus. How many different quarterbacks are we going to see from Ole Miss in this game? That's really what's going to be interesting if you watch this game. Um, Jackson Dart is presumed to be the starter after Spencer Sanders transferred in from Oklahoma State to be the starter, and Walker Howard is the presumed quarterback of the future. So they all have a chance at playing here. I wouldn't be surprised if it's something like Jackson Dart first half, Spencer Sanders third quarter, and Walker Howard fourth quarter. But also, maybe they want to save Walker Howard for a redshirt season if he hasn't had one yet, or just, you know, save him for the very end of the game to only play a series or two. Portland State at number 15, Oregon's next on the slate. There's no spread for this game as well. I don't really even know if I have to comment on this game. Oregon should wipe the floor with Portland State from the word go. The amount of talent on Oregon's team against Portland State's team is not really even going to be a contest, I don't think. Next up, number three, Ohio State is a 30-point favorite on the road against Indiana. Uh, Indiana head coach Tom Allen is likely to get fired during or after the season, so Ohio State is probably going to run the score up on this one especially when both quarterbacks are still battling for the starting position and the school has so much depth at wide receiver that they basically could field two teams at wide receiver and they're all five and four star kids. So um, Kyle McCord presumed to be the QB one Devin Brown still trying to take the place back from him. The rumor being Devin Brown has a higher ceiling, but Kyle McCord has the higher floor. Uh, so Ryan Day likely to play both of them, maybe each a half in this game. Next game up, Boise State at number 10, Washington. The Huskies are a 14-point favorite at home. This is going to be a low-key stellar game. It's a perennial Mountain West powerhouse in Boise State going against one of the wildest passing offenses in the country in Washington. Uh, if Boise State's defense is not up to par, Washington's going to be all over this game. Um, next, Rice at number 11, Texas. The Longhorns are 35.5 point favorite. 
It's basically Texas versus JT Daniels in this one. Should be some riveting gameplay. But um, in all seriousness, it will be interesting to see how quarterback Quinn Ewers looks in his first game in his first draft eligible season. Already shaved off the mullet to show, you know, he's serious about football, not about being a meme anymore. But uh, yeah, Rice probably is not going to have much in the way of the defense or stopping Texas in this one. Next up, Tennessee State at number 13, Notre Dame. There's no spread for this game either. Notre Dame looked good against Navy. Should I say great? Uh, And Tennessee State's only going to be a step down in class, if anything. So I expect even more of the same from Notre Dame in this one. Uh, Buffalo at number 19, Wisconsin, is a four-touchdown favorite at home in Madison. It's the first game for Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, running the Dairy Raid offense with Phil Longo pulling the strings and Tanner Mordecai out on the field at quarterback. UT Martin at number one, Georgia. There's no spread for this game either. This is going to be a bloodbath. Um, look for a similar scoreline to the 65-7 National Championship game. The only thing that may save UT Martin from getting completely destroyed is Georgia may have multiple quarterbacks going out with Carson Beck being the starter, uh, Brock Vandegriff and Gunnar Stockton being the backups, probably getting a lot of playing time in this matchup. Nevada playing at number 6 USC as a 38-point underdog. Uh, USC beat San Jose State last week in the Coliseum. Caleb Williams looked like a Heisman favorite already, but don't expect him to play any more than he did last game in this matchup. Nevada is, on paper, a worse team than San Jose State, so if USC just shows life on defense, they're probably going to win this game even more hefty than last week. Southeastern Missouri at number 16, Kansas State. Game has no spread. It's the reigning Big 12 champions in a game that they should win. It's about all I got here because I don't know anything about Southeastern Missouri State. But, um, yeah, that's Kansas State's game to lose, I would have to say. (laughs) New Mexico at number 23, Texas A&M. The Aggies a 38-point home favorite. The Lobos are going to be awful on both sides of the ball this year. But that doesn't make me feel any better about the Aggies until they do something to make me feel better. Uh, This is a team that was 38 or 35 point favorites against UMass last season and couldn't even cover that number. So New Mexico, if they play just better defense than UMass last season, uh, Texas A&M is going to have to show decent amounts of improvement to uh, cover this spread. Middle Tennessee at number four, Alabama. The Crimson Tide 39 point favorites on their first game of the season. Remember when Middle Tennessee upstate Miami last season by two full touchdowns? Because, boy, would that be hilarious if they went into Tuscaloosa and upset Alabama. Not saying I'm wishing for it, but wouldn't it be funny? Huh? Uh, West Virginia at number seven, Penn State, that 20.5 point favorite for the Nittany Lions. It's the first look at the potential sleeper in the Big Ten and the coach that everyone is expected expecting to get fired. Um, on the field at the same time. The first obstacle for Drew Aller and Penn State is Neil Brown's Mountaineers. How long will Neil Brown stay in charge? Number 21, North Carolina, is a two and a half point favorite against South Carolina. This is a neutral site game in Charlotte, North Carolina. Basically, the question here is Kendrick may keep the Tar Heels in this game or any game, or uh, can Spencer Rattler live up to his hype from high school ever? And does UNC's lack of a defense cost them the win here or at any other point throughout the season? Lots of big questions here. I think South Carolina easily is going to have the better defense on the field, better defense than North Carolina in this one. 
but Drake May is also much better than Spencer Rattler on a consistent basis and in big play moments. So uh, this the spread reflects exactly what I think about this game, except I probably think that the defense can cause more problems um, to North Carolina than North Carolina's defense can cause to South Carolina. So I think South Carolina potentially on quote-unquote upset. Uh, I guess it's not alert because they're not the ranked team, but you know what I mean. South Carolina could do it here. Next game on the slate, South Alabama at number 24, Tulane. The... Uh, Green Wave, six and a half point favorites in this matchup. This is last season's AAC champion in Tulane taking on the biggest surprise team from the Sun Belt last season, the 10 win South Alabama team. So that's about all I got. It's going to be an interesting game, and the spread reflects it's going to be close. So on Sunday, we have college football games all weekend because it's Labor Day weekend. Um, Sunday, we have number 18, Oregon State is a 16 and a half point favorite at San Jose State. San Jose State already had to play USC. I would argue that Oregon State is more well-rounded as a team with a solid defense and relatively consistent offense, just not as explosive. They might not put up as many points, but they also aren't going to allow as many points. So the spread being smaller, I like Oregon State in that one. And then the game everybody's looking for, number 5 LSU is a 2.5 point favorite against number 8 Florida State in a neutral site game this season in Orlando, Florida. Florida State won this game in an instant classic last season with a blocked extra point. That was in New Orleans, now LSU comes to Orlando. Um, LSU certainly is going to be a better team this season than they were last season, especially having an extra year under coach Brian Kelly now, going into his second season. And Florida State's also going to have a massive transfer hall that's going to be playing in this one. Um, So the team is also going to be better. This is likely going to be like the the debate that we have at the end of the season where if Florida State wins and doesn't win their conference title, but LSU goes through and wins theirs, who is in the four-team invitational that we call the playoff. So big implications in that game. And even if it's not those two teams, we could say whoever wins this game Shows that the top of the conference is better than the top of the other conference. You know what I'm saying? But Monday, the last game that we have on Labor Day is number nine. Clemson is a 13-point favorite on the road against Duke. Head coach Mike Elko will have the team ready to go against Clemson's new offense behind Garrett Riley. But who knows what Garrett Riley might have in store with Cade Klubnik in his ACC debut with the Tigers. Um... Yeah, Cade Klubnik, former number one overall recruit in his class, now having Garrett Riley being his offensive coordinator, going to be something to watch. Don't know if it's going to click right away against Duke or if it's going to take some time to gel, but we got to watch the first one to see how it goes. A few other notable games from me Thursday, tonight. We have Elon at Wake Forest. There's no spread for this one. Just interesting because it's Wake Forest's first game without Sam Hartman for years. Uh, slow mesh, is that still going to be the offense or are they going to go to something new now that they have a different quarterback? Uh, Nebraska at Minnesota, the Golden Gophers are seven point favorites. Matt Rule's first game in charge of the Cornhuskers here, but on the other side, we have Ethan Kaliak Man is starting out his first full season as the as QB1 in St. Paul without running back Mo Ibrahim, who went to the NFL draft. So do they have another physical running back in the backfield to help out the quarterback, or does he have to take charge immediately? Um, Yeah, and then on the other side, Matt Rule's first game. 
Sometimes people think he punts on his first season just to make sure his culture is instilled in the program before he worries about winning games. But I think that the talent on the Nebraska team when he got there and the transfers and recruits he's added since being named head coach make this a much more talented team than he's ever had at Temple or Baylor before in his first seasons anyways. Friday, uh, so tomorrow, Miami of Ohio is at Miami, the University of Miami from Florida. The Hurricanes are 16.5 point favorite here. Question obviously is who is the real Miami here? Miami of Ohio players are going to tell you that it's them, and they have done all week in previews, like uh, interviews. Uh, University of Miami, the Florida one, is going to bully them in the trenches with all the five-star offensive and defensive linemen they've brought in since head coach Mario Cristobal joined the program. Uh, Louisville, seven-and-a-half point favorite against Georgia Tech. This is a neutral site game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. No idea why Georgia Tech would give up a home game, but it's Jeff Brom's first game in charge of his alma mater in the Cardinals. And Coach Key for the Yellow Jackets got his team behind him last season, but can he get the production for a full season without his starting quarterback, Jeff Sims, after he transferred to Nebraska? Basically, what's the talent level of the Georgia Tech team now? Saturday... Uh, just a few more games that I'm looking at. Bowling Green at Liberty, who is a 9.5 point favorite, the Flamin' Libs. Jamie Chadwell is in his first game in charge of the school. For the first time, not named Coastal Carolina. Then we got Louisiana Tech at SMU, the Mustangs 20 point favorites. This is a high flying, high scoring matchup. If I ever saw one, Rhett Lashley will probably want to score 60 points on his own, and Louisiana Tech runs the air raid as well, so they're going to want to score 30, 40 points. Their, their own. Uh, UTSA as a two-point favorite on the road against Houston. Houston, wow. UTSA probably should have won this matchup last season, so they've got revenge on the mind. Houston lost a lot of talent to the draft and the transfer portal. We'll see how Dana Holgerson gets his team going for the first game of the year. And last but not least, Toledo at Illinois. Nine and a half point favorites are the Fighting Illini. The MAC favorites this season are going against the Big Ten surprise team from last season. Illinois lost a lot in the NFL draft. Think Devon Witherspoon, Chase Brown, Sidney Brown, guys of those nature. Quarterback Tommy DeVito's gone, but they add quarterback Luke Altmeyer in the transfer portal. Um, so yeah, that'll be an interesting one for me personally anyways. Um yeah, that's all I've got for matchups that I'm looking at for this week. Going over my best bet from last week, it was a seven-point teaser that did not win because New Mexico State couldn't cover just winning the game. USC and San Jose State went over the 59.5. Hawaii held the 24.5 points uh, to cover that. Jacksonville State won outright, even though we had plus eight on the board. And like I said, New Mexico lost outright when we had them plus a half point. So this week... I'm 0-1 so far. Didn't want to put all my eggs in the week zero basket, so I only did the one. But this week, I have two regular spread picks and another teaser just because until the season starts going, I'm not going to actually uh, put a lot into singular games. First up, Louisville. It's a minus 7.5 point spread on points bet against Georgia Tech. The talent on Louisville alone and the question marks at Georgia State, I'm convinced that Jeff Brown will find a way to put up probably a 14 to 20 point deficit against the Yellow Jackets in this one. So seven and a half is easy. Tennessee is the other one, 27 and a half points on FanDuel against Virginia. Virginia will be lucky to score 14 points and Tennessee is probably going to score 35 plus. So um, yeah, easy one there for me. 
The seven-point teaser for this week, Louisiana Tech at SMU. The original is over 66.5. I got it down to 59.5 with this. Ohio State is 30-point favorite. Get it down to 23 to get to the key 24. Nevada plus 38 against USC. USC is not going to play their starters all game, and they're not going to look to run the score up. Even if the game gets close at the end, they're going to play well enough to win it to get it up to plus 45 for Nevada. And then Penn State is a 20.5-point favorite against West Virginia. Make it 13.5, so they just have to win by two touchdowns. Hopefully you enjoyed the week one preview. Hopefully the bets hit and um, the action lives up to the hype of being week one for college football. I'll talk to you afterwards for week two. Bye bye